Welcome to the Impact Observer podcast. Pursuing entrepreneurship, especially social entrepreneurship, can seem like trying to find treasure without a treasure map. My name is Katherine Armstrong, and I am determined to become a social entrepreneur. There, I said it, it is out there in the world, it's gonna happen. But here's the thing. I am 21 years old with a year left in undergrad, and all I know is just how much I do not know. But that's not stopping me, and it shouldn't stop you. I am determined to learn what I don't know from as many people as possible, including entrepreneurs from all industries, social innovators, policymakers, academia, lecturers, and other people I meet along the way. The Impact Observer follows one young entrepreneur's journey towards making an impact with the hope of helping you along yours. And today I am in Wilmington, North Carolina at Tech Mountain with none other than Cam Weiss, um, who I met through Dr. Harper, which is featured in a couple of episodes uh, previous to this one. Shout out to Dr. Harper. Cam has a really cool story. He's young. How old are you? Like, uh, turned 25 on Saturday. And he kind of made a big hop straight into entrepreneurship and business really early on, and so I think his perspective is going to be really good um, for those of you who are in the same boat, uh, like I am, of being a young person and diving into the business world with a bunch of big players and trying to navigate that, so I'm super excited for him to be on the podcast today. Thank you, Cam, for your time. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So to start things off, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your journey so far as an entrepreneur? Sure, sure. Um, so. North Carolina boy, born, born and raised. I grew up in High Point, which is a furniture textiles hub. And really, my first passion, um, you know, besides a neighborhood pet sitting service and lemonade stands, um, was golf. And I wanted to become a PGA Tour player, play D1 you know, college golf and see where that took me. Um, and, you know, that was my first passion. That was my first, okay, you know, how do I lay a foundation for success in this industry. Around 16, going on 17, I got burnout. Um, in part to getting a car and you know and having my first girlfriend, but um, the majority of it was I don't have the talent and I don't want to put in the time to be the caliber of player that I need to be to get into D1 school and to play pro golf. And, you know, I mean, some of my good friends are that are still doing it. Some of them are on the PGA Tour, some of them are on the web.com, and they're doing great. But I'm, uh, I'm glad that I diverted from that path because I love what I do now. Um, a little bit more about me. So I um, was waiting tables in high school with my best buddy, and uh, we looked at each other one day, and we were just like, man, this, this really stinks. You know, <laughs> this is not fun, and um, we want to do something more, you know, with our senior year. And so um, I go, well, look, we've, you know, we have this senior project that we have to do to graduate high school next year. Why don't we do a project in tandem and do it together? And I don't know what it's going to be, but give me the night to think about it and maybe we'll be able to quit this job. And he goes, okay. So I call him the next morning and I say, okay, what do you think about starting an apparel company where we hire a graphic designer, we'll put out a couple different t-shirt lines and see which one works and then we'll, you know, try and grow it. And he goes, okay, awesome. Um, what's our point of differentiation? And I go, 100% American. Because High Point 
had lost a ton over the years at that time, had lost a ton of manufacturing jobs overseas. And uh, so we just thought it was kind of a, you know, a good tagline and so we went with it. I loved the experience. Yes, it was on a small scale, but it made me fall in love with entrepreneurship. And that led you to UNCW, mm-hmm. is that correct? We yeah. were both involved in the Fast Track program there, so that's kind of how I got to meet him as well. And so after this company, that led you to uh, TG Apparel, is that correct? Yep. And you know, in the, in the middle of that, I, I had the opportunity of a lifetime meeting uh, both you know, one of our mentors, Brett Martin, who's the CEO of Castle Branch, as well as the, uh, the visionary behind Tech Mountain. And I was the first intern on the Tech Mountain development team. So I basically got thrown into, hey, we need to go do the due diligence behind what other co-work spaces and incubators and accelerators are out there in the world and what pieces of them do we like and what parts do we want to pull. So beer on tap and gym and being bad conference rooms and the conference room we're sitting in right now, you know, I mean, all, all of the things that make this place the beautiful sandbox it is. Um, so got the opportunity of a lifetime to be on the founding development team here and we launched in the summer of 2014. So back to your question, you know, going into my sophomore year, of course, the entrepreneurial side, we had just completed this project and I wanted to now use the sandbox that we created. And so um, through my channels in High Point, um, I said, okay, let's do another clothing company, but let's have a little, a little spin on it. I saw in uh, Pledging Fraternity here, Kappa Alpha, I saw a void in the market where they needed to facilitate a better ordering process for mainly the t-shirt chairs that are organizing all these events. But point being, they needed customized apparel for every single event they do whether it's Mountain Weekend, Beach Week, or a nonprofit philanthropy effort, you know, in collaboration with the school, whatever it is. Um, so we coded a platform that facilitated that. So not only did we have the vendor partnerships and the screen printing and embroidery on site and the shipping side, we also gave the software away for free and built it into our costing model to where they would put on, you know, they wanted a lower cost, you know, lower budget t-shirt like comfort colors hanes gildan they wanted something a little nicer so they had two options on there two colors short sleeve long sleeve a hat thrown in there you know whatever they needed uh, we would put on this and say okay how long do you want it open so whether they wanted it open a week or they wanted to fundraise for a month this facilitated that that ordering process for them so that was kind of the thought and then there was also kind of a tom shoes approach where okay if all of these organizations are trying to make an impact and make a difference, why not be a part of that? Not only facilitating, but why don't we have a fundraising platform as well? Mm -hmm. So add $3 to each shirt and then they get a payment at the end of their order once it's all completed. So like Mm -hmm. that type of kind of Tom's shoes approach where how do we give back to our customers that are ordering through us, Mm -hmm. giving them 5% of our sales to each cause, but also creating this fundraising vehicle for them. That's so cool. And then after that, you had this opportunity through an established company to kind of uh, take it in a different direction. So tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, so um, 28-year-old IT consultancy based out of Richmond. And um, my, my father founded the company in 91 with his partner. And so, uh, you know, people always ask me where I got my entrepreneurial spirit, and a lot of it's from him because my, my father's self-made. 
And that's also one of the reasons I went off and did my own thing because I wanted to prove that I could do it without him, you know, kind of a coming of age, coming of manhood thing that I'm sure many people can relate to. But um, once I exited the company junior year, I came to my father and I said, hey, you know, you've been doing this for so long. I'm interested in what that looks like and what you'll do. And, you know, pardon my ignorance, but I want to learn more, you know. And so my pitch to him and uh, his business partner was, again, I have to do a senior project to graduate the entrepreneurship program. So why don't you let me do a year of due diligence on who DAS is, that's the company, what's your relationship with IBM, and what's your customer base, what's your competitive landscape, what does all of that look like from an outsider's lens and perspective, and where do I see adding value? And so I came to them and, uh, in 2017, and March 1st was the first draft of the business plan, and I said, I wanna start the data analytics division of the company. Um, for, you, for those of you listening, the core company centers around enterprise content management through a relationship with IBM. So DAS resells, implements, and supports IBM's, they now call digital business automation portfolio. Um, so not the you know, buzzword IBM Watson that a lot of you have heard of, but more of the behind the scenes, back-end business processes software, um, which to be candid, I didn't find sexy at the time. <laughs> so I wanted to, you know, I saw data as a new oil and how do we, it's an ancillary complement to what DAS was already doing for 25 years. So I thought it was a no brainer. You know, it's a strategic growth initiative in a direction that I could spearhead and, and lead the company while still being entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. So um, after July 4th, after about a month off after graduation, you know, having some fun and, and trying to uh, prolong getting things going, give myself a little break, um, we launched DAS Analytics and that is now scaling. We have a director in there running the day to day and we are, uh, you know, my, my core focus right now is sales and business development for both the core company as well as the analytics division and all the startup work that we're, that we're doing, um, which includes a couple investments. So it's, uh, it's been quite a journey, but yeah, that's uh, in a nutshell kind of how I got here. That's so cool. What are your recommendations for marketing? Because you are a great salesperson and I've seen kind of your role in different companies and things like that. So from a marketing perspective, what do you see as its role in your in companies? Yeah. Um, well, I think there's a uh, there's a balance. Mm -hmm. You know, um, a lot of people overpromise and underdeliver, and that often leads people into into trouble. Because I mean, think about Elizabeth Holmes for a second with Theranos, the drug testing company. Mm -hmm. She believed she could pull it off but her expectations were unrealistic. So she painted this, this line that she could not jump to and touch. And she kept trying and trying and trying. So the marketing side and her unrealistic expectations were not backed up and supported. Mm -hmm. So I think it starts there. What is realistic? Where can I get? And what are the small wins that are gonna get me to where I need to go mm -hmm. realistically? Yep. You know, And that's, that's hard for any of us because, you know, especially if you're confident, and confidence is a key in the entrepreneurship's journey because you, you're alone a lot of the time and 
marketing is really just everyone's perceived notion of you mm-hmm. and what you're doing and, and the company and the, the mission and all the things that you're undertaking. So of course there's an art to that, mm-hmm. but it really lies in the planning process. Mm-hmm. Where do I want to go? What marketing do I need to facilitate what I'm doing mm-hmm. and to help spur it along? But it's really just a compliment to what's my vision? How are we getting there? And what are the small defined wins mm-hmm. along the journey that are going to lead us there? But, but yeah, you know, I think short answer is define those. Don't get caught up in the hype mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, PR is great. Good press is great. But if you're doing all the right things and you're producing on the sales side and executing on those milestones, all of that will come organically. Mm-hmm. Super good advice. You mentioned that, that confidence that you need to be an entrepreneur and that's a hundred percent necessary, especially as a young entrepreneur, because you're going to have to be talking to people who are much older than you, much wiser than you, and have had years and years of experience in the industry that you're trying to get into and things like that. And so what are your recommendations for kind of doing that? Like when you're in a conference room with a bunch of old guys who are know what they're talking about and yeah. being like the youngest person <laughs> in the room, like how do you... Uh, how'd you make that transition and how, what are your recommend, recommendations for a young entrepreneur trying to do that? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, a lot of it lies with, you just can't see age and you can't go into a room with that self-reservation of, hey, I'm the youngest person in the room. I'm maybe the least knowledgeable in the room, which oftentimes is not true whatsoever. <laughs> just because they're 40 doesn't mean they have the experience that you do. You never know. So I guess don't go, go in with those assumptions because then you're gonna have them in your head and it's going to throw off your delivery. Yep. So that's number one. Number two is if you're passionate about what you're doing, whether it's a nonprofit you're starting or a podcast you're starting or a new e-commerce solution, you know, whatever it is, if you're passionate about what you're doing and you believe in yourself, if you're doing it, you should you should have had that conversation with yourself before you even started. Mm-hmm. Can I do this? Do I believe in myself? And look yourself in the mirror very hard. And if you can get over that, then you can do it. And really the only thing holding you back is your own mental. Mm-hmm. So that's the biggest part. You know, I think one of the biggest issues with being an entrepreneur is um, you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And you have to realize that you're going to be alone a lot of the times. You're going to be up and place like Tech Mountain, which is a beautiful place, but until midnight, one o'clock, two o'clock, executing on things that need to be executed on in order to get you to your dream Mm -hmm. and fulfilling that vision that you set out from the get-go. So I think it really lies with, you know, the careful preparation, but also having that conversation with yourself and looking yourself in the mirror and saying, I've got this. And if you have that fear of doubt, expel it. Talk to your closest mentors about it. So the second part of your question, I'm getting a little far ahead. What advice would you give? Aside from that, surround yourself with positive energy. People that are constantly pumping you full of ideas in different ways to look at situations, in different ways to deliver certain verbiage, whether it's in a marketing blast or on a cold call or meeting notes, you know, Surround yourself with those mentors and those friends and those people that are going to propel you forward. Mm -hmm. Because without that, 
I mean, it's the power of the collective. It's so difficult to do this alone. And you are alone a lot of the time as an entrepreneur. So my biggest piece of advice would be that. That's really good advice. What about the best piece of advice you've ever received? I like asking for this question a lot. Mm. I, I think I've, I've already said it earlier. <laughs> um, don't overpromise and underdeliver. Switch that, flip it on its head. Because if somebody, I mean, whether it's, you know, a level of effort for a scope of a contract that you're bidding on, or even just a friend that you meet with that you're gonna promise some introductions for them, or whatever it is, if you promise it, do it, number one, because your character and your reputation and your, the persona that you put out to the world, especially when you're in a small town like this or wherever you are, university or community college, wherever you are, your word carries a lot of weight, especially if you go deliver on it. But the thing that I see a lot of people do that really comes to bite them in the ass, pardon my French, but they are so excited about all the things that they could potentially do for somebody to help, or whether it's a customer, hey, we could do this, this, and this, and then they don't, they don't do it. And it makes them look really bad. And then they have this kind of thought in their head of, oh crap, I didn't feel fulfill on ABC. Right? And then you have this negative energy, this red energy, as I like to call it, that is kind of in the back of your mind of, oh, I didn't deliver on this. And so rather than being able to fully dedicate and focus your time on you know, the 10 things that you need to be doing, you have this thought or two or three or four thoughts in the back of your head that are keeping you from delivering. Mm-hmm. So don't overpromise on your deliver. And, uh, it, you'll you'll find yourself in a better situation. I love that. Yeah, that's so that's so true. Oh my gosh. What book recommendations do you have for our readers, or podcasts, or whatever you look at that um, has helped you a lot along the way? Well, Catherine Armstrong's podcast <laughs> for one. Plug. <laughs> um, I so I love the Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. Okay. It talks about how a product or an epidemic like you know, syphilis in the 70s, for example, or, or AIDS, for example, how an epidemic or a product goes from idea to actual to the tipping point, which is widespread adoption and that curve that it looks like a hockey stick. Because when I was starting the company in you know, sophomore year, I was like, okay, I have the network of all my friends that kind of dispersed and went off to all these different universities and community colleges and people that I bet could, you know, evangelize what I'm trying to do. But I wanted to learn more about kind of the, the psychology behind it, right? From a branding standpoint, marketing standpoint, which is, you know, one of your questions earlier, to how do I communicate this, right? So Malcolm Gladwell, one of I mean, great author, he has many, many books, but The Tipping Point talks about that. and. How do, you, how do you get it and position it and prime it to where it can take off? So that's one for sure. Who Stole My Cheese? <laughs> that's a really good book. And it's really, I mean, that's like, gosh, 70 pages maybe. But that's another one that if, uh, if you've never read it, it, it talks about um, some things that are very you know, pertinent to what, what we're talking about now. And then I guess my last piece of advice for reading and you know, content Follow those key influencers, whether, I mean, Instagram's a big thing for me, but, you know, also Twitter and LinkedIn. Facebook's kind of fallen off, to be honest, but, uh, 
you still keep track of people's birthdays? <laughs> I constantly am filling my brain with, whether it be the morning brew, the, you know, every newsletter every, that comes out every morning, or um, you know, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, you know, all of these key influencers that I follow socially. I'm constantly trying to just get random bits of information that may not be a benefit to me, but that one article a week that comes out, you're like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. Or thanks for shedding light on this topic or this, you know, that kind of full cohesive um, content curation is, is really important aside from just reading books. Mm -hmm. Because in the digital age that we live in now, whether it be a podcast or newspaper or, or article or, or infographic, there's so many ways to digest. And if you have a culmination of it, it it's very healthy. Mm -hmm. For sure. And then I think my last question for today is looking back on kind of your journey the past like eight or so years, is there anything that you would do differently or things that you're really glad that you did? Um, and yeah, your thoughts on that. Yeah, so um, when I was younger, I picked myself apart a little more than I do now. So, all right, what if I did this differently? What if I, you know, like, I mean, for example, I you know, had to fire a couple of people when TG was running. And one of them was a friend that I recruited to be an ambassador for us, you know? And so after that, you know, firing process, which wasn't an easy thing, firing never is, but especially when it's, you know, close to home, um, I started picking apart, okay, what actions led to that? And what were my doing? And then I stopped myself. And I said, Cam, those actions taught you the lessons that led you to who, be who you are now and have the successes that you have now and have the background and the knowledge and what not to do, you know? So I answer that question differently at 25 than I may have at 21 or at 18 because I wouldn't be the person that I am without making the mistakes that I made and I made plenty of them. I've had plenty of successes too, but I've also messed up and we all have. But those lessons, I mean, you learn way more from failures than you do successes. Mm -hmm. And I'm a strong believer in that, and I'm a strong believer in not going back and picking apart past actions, because all that gives you is negative energy. Mm -hmm. And it occupies your brain space in not the best way. So I guess to, uh, to kind of end on that note, whatever project, vision, idea, nonprofit, whatever it is, go into it knowing that you're gonna give it your all. You're gonna surround yourself with the proper resources, mentors, you know, resources at the university that you're attending, whatever it may be. Utilize those people around you because at the end of the day, that's the only way it's possible. Mm -hmm. So, but it is possible. Are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, Cam, for your time. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. For more information about today's guest, please check out the links in the description or visit www.theimpactobserver.com where you can also find more content like this about entrepreneurship as well as travel. Be sure to subscribe to our email list, follow us on Facebook at Impact Observer and on Instagram at The Impact Observer. I want to give a huge shout out to David Hyde for the music that you're currently listening to. This podcast can be found on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, Breaker, and Anchor. Thanks again for listening and have an awesome day.